Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Honestly, it's all the way around there. The teams that make it to the national championship, you got to be good at in every phase, and, and they are. So that's the first thing I'll say. And then, obviously, they don't have a lot of they don't have a ton of games. You see, they're kind of figuring out their identity, and then they've just gotten better and better every week. And uh, you saw when we played them the other night, they just they played really well. Um, and you just got to give it to them. They played a really they played really well. And obviously, we didn't play our best game, and that's what happens in those big games. You got to you got to come and, and you got to play well. So they did that. They're really physical, both sides of the ball. D line, obviously, I can speak from what I went against. Their D line is really good, fast, strong. They do a good job of containing the pocket, and then. On the back end, that they're good too, and that linebacker. So just all the way around, they're a good team. Like I said, you don't make it that far without being good at pretty much every position. Well, that is more Trevor Lawrence, and uh, it's kind of interesting to hear Trevor Lawrence talk. You know, leading up to the Heisman Trophy about a variety of different things, even kind of getting his glimpse and, and analysis, if you will, of uh, what to expect in the national championship game coming up on monday that game by the way still on for monday I, I there were conversations about covid concerns with ohio state but that game is still a monday game uh on right here on espn 690 coos i think you can hear that game uh, the national championship game between alabama and ohio state we'll talk more about that as uh, we get closer and closer uh to it and listen you can't ignore the scene in washington right now this is a sports show we don't talk about that stuff i'm not an expert on what's going on and obviously uh uh, it is a scene that I've never seen before. And Austin, I, I know we don't have a TV in there, but I know you're also uh, checking out Twitter and, and the rest. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the bottom line is if you haven't caught up with it and you haven't checked in on the news front today and, and you've just uh, been locked in on the sports and Trevor Lawrence and everything else, uh, there are protests going on at, at the Capitol, but they are beyond protests. I mean, this is not a peaceful protest. This is almost... Um, for lack of a better term, an invasion of the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm going to I'm going to steer clear of it because, quite honestly, I, I don't I haven't seen a lot more than that. I keep popping my head out and I see the TV. Yeah. Um, and I've seen Twitter, but I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Just I can just say I've never seen anything like it, Austin. I mean, it's uh, this is it's it's kind of gross and sad and disgusting and all that the rest uh, from a non-political view just to say that's happening in the united states of america right now yeah um yeah listen i I can get really in depth into it but i don't really need to go down that road right now but uh, i'm just gonna say this you know being part of the protests that took place here for you know black lives matter and um you know being part of that jaguars protest and that march um it was a really great scene and there were some people that that didn't agree with that, and you know what? That's fine. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but I'm saying okay, that's that's your opinion and that's your right um, as an American. But then I feel like those same type of people here would be the ones that would encourage this type of behavior. What's going on in the Capitol right now? So I think what I'm just trying to say is like, listen. You, you can't make something work when it's convenient for you, right? Like, if you have a belief system, that's fine, but you have to be on both sides. So, don't say that, you know, you're, you're, you're against how the treatment of police, but then all of a sudden now you see this and it's like, well, they had it coming. You know, like, you can't have it both ways. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I could say is, like, that, again, does not look like America. Um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, that, that looks like something I've watched, um, internationally and, and pick your country mm-hmm. um but but not here in the united states and 
I've been living here for 43 years. So um, that's a, a site I haven't seen. Um, so anyway, if you want more on that front, uh, what's going on uh, in Washington, WOKV 104.5, uh, the place to be on the radio side and on TV side. Action News Jacks just got going with a 4 o'clock newscast on Fox 30. And, of course, they'll have you covered from 5 p.m. until 7 p.m. But here uh, we are going to talk sports, and uh, that's kind of what we do. Anyway, we had Grace Rayner on earlier. She covers Clemson football team. She was excellent talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence. And just to recap, one thing that really stuck out to me, Austin, you know, we talked about the leadership of Trevor Lawrence and declaring for the uh, NFL draft. Obviously, the likelihood he ends up in Jacksonville. But she mentioned that Dabo says he basically has like a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. And just, and even if that's true or not, the idea there is he processes information very well. And boy, is that so important at the quarterback spot, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. Because you know who that reminds me of, Brent? LeBron James. And, and how is that photographic memory working out for him these days? You know, he's a pretty good basketball player. Yeah. Um, and that can definitely even translate to the game of football. So whether that's 100% true or not 100% accurate, um, even if it's, you know, th- there's shades of truth there, uh, you, you got to like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I just, all these things, we're going <laughs> to, I say this because people are going to try to, Rip him down as a as a prospect. That's what the next few months are about. Be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And don't take it personal, Jacks fans, <laughs> now that it kind of feels like we've got our arms around Trevor Lawrence here, right? I mean, there's this love fest uh, for, for Trevor Lawrence that um, is, is almost unhealthy at times, it seems. But that's how much excitement <laughs> there sure. is, I think, in Jacksonville about it. But they are going to rip him down and find some of the warts and the weaknesses. And I don't believe there's such thing, by the way, as a flawless prospect. I mean, this guy, he's got some things to learn uh, just from, again, the analysis that I've heard. His ability to be a drop-back passer is number one. I think Mark Sanchez was talking about it. By the way, Mark Sanchez on the on the TV doing some an, uh, being an analyst, I think he does a nice job uh, with ESPN. And he brought up that. Uh, so, you know, he's got – he can get even better. Uh, it, which and now you got to find the right guy to mold them that way. Well, without a doubt, and that's why the the, the head coach or the offensive coordinator are going to be so important because you have this maybe once in a generational type of clay, and now you got to mold this um, into greatness. I mean, he's already great, but obviously there's there's uh, a new stratosphere that I believe that he can reach. And I think I said this when you might have been doing a, a little bit of a news break, uh, you know, for the TV side of things on on Action Sports Jacks, but. I think Jaguars fans have to ha- – I mean, listen, you got to be excited. You absolutely – you have every right to be excited. You have every right to go partying in the streets or social distance. Um, when, when the Jaguars hopefully draft Trevor Lawrence, you have every right to do that. But I think in terms of when he comes in here, the expectations like, listen, people are saying he's going to be the savior of the city, and they very well may be right. But – I wouldn't be surprised, depending, you know, with preseason and all that stuff, like, if he comes in right away and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I mean, it's okay. It's not what we expected. Like, we got to be – we have to remember that it could take some time, right? Like, he may not just come in here right away and be the next Patrick Mahomes. Like, it might take time to gel, and that's okay. That's how the NFL works. I'm just saying, you know, when you're watching the first game of the season, if he's not thrown for 400, 500 yards, like, don't panic. It's going to be okay. Yeah, and I think we've seen a little bit of everything, right? I mean, can you are you afraid of Tua right now? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylo Murray was MVP candidate for the first half of the season. Eh, not so much in the second half, and some of that's due to injury. I get it. Josh Allen, I was like, 
trash, said Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> and now MVP candidate, and you've seen the growth, which I think that's an unusual path, but you've seen this enormous growth uh, from Josh Allen. You know, Deshaun Watson's kind of had it for a long time. Uh, so we've seen different you – know, you, you, Mahomes is probably the only guy that you're like – I saw him the first two weeks. We're like, this guy's going to be good, and this guy's been great, and he might be great forever. You know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's kind of that only guy that feels a little bit untouchable. Even Burrow, it's like, okay, we saw Burrow for a bit. Looked pretty promising, but that's like eight games worth, ten games worth, whatever it was. Is that enough? Do we know? Not really. Uh, even Justin Herbert. I mean, he had a little bit of a down swing in, in the middle of that season when more people watched him play. So uh, there is going to be that. I like what you said there because you have to temper it in that respect. Uh we haven't talked about the coach yet, mm-hmm. and does do all those things in terms of catering to the young quarterback and knowing that guy's the centerpiece of the franchise, is it so hard to get to a defensive coach, and is it so important then to get to a guy like Eric Bieniemy who might be interviewing for, who's interviewing for the job today or did interview for the job today according to reports, uh, or an Urban Meyer who's an offensive guy and 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 then break that barrier away from the defensive coach, whether it's the old guard in Marvin Lewis or mm-hmm. the next guy in Robert Sala. Uh, it just feels like every time we're talking about the quarterback and, and molding that guy and making him as great as he can possibly be, it's it gets so hard to say, okay, I want a defensive coach. It, it definitely does. I mean, obviously, you still have your quarterback coach. You still have your offensive coordinator. But, you know, the, the way that the, the NFL now is going, I mean, we see some of the top quarterbacks um, you know, they have offensive head coaches, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur now. Um, you know, it's, that's just the way that it is. Uh, and I would argue like with Tom Brady's resurgence a little bit here the past couple of weeks, well, Bruce Arians, um, very offensive minded guy. You know, I think it was Jason Fitz yesterday that, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially he said like, if, if I'm the Jaguars and I'm trying to hire a new head coach, I'm asking Trevor Lawrence what he wants. Right, or I think he was to the point like, well, I'm bringing guys from Clemson and yes, he's I'm been helping a big him out. believer in that. Yeah, and I and maybe it wasn't Jay Smith, but I've heard somebody and I forgot who it was, and it might have been the national sports media, but they're saying you got to you know, consult Trevor Lawrence of what he's looking for um, in a head coach. And while on the outside that might make sense, right, because he's going to be obviously the most intricate part of this team going forward for a long time, hopefully. At the same time, though, I feel like you do yourself a disservice. Um, if you put too much stake into Trevor Lawrence. Now, what does that mean, right? Like, he's the quarterback, but of course you you spend your time on him. But what I'm trying to say is, like, listen, if I'm Shad Khan right now, or if I'm somebody in Shad Khan's building, and I'm trying to find the next head coach, and I go to Trevor Lawrence and say, Trevor, who do you want? You know what I'm saying? I, I almost treat him like LeBron James, if you will. And, you know, Trevor has his list or whatever, what he looks for. That's great and everything, but sometimes it's not the best matchup on paper that's going to make you the best football player. Sometimes it's the guy that you don't expect that's going to push you, that's going to hold you maybe a little more accountable as opposed to being your best friend, right? Like, as football players, sometimes we get complacent because the coach is a good friend, right? Like, sometimes, like, like for instance, Joe Cullen. Joe Cullen, we are not friends, all right? Joe Cullen chewed me out every single day, all right? And and he had choice words. And at the time, I'll be honest, I was miserable. But then looking back now on on my career, 
and the position coaches that I've had, I would rather have a guy like Joe Cullen who was genuine, who would chew me out every single day because he saw potential in me, right? Like he always tried to raise the standard as opposed to a guy who didn't really say anything to me. He was a pretty good friend, but didn't say Jack to me. And then I didn't get better as a player. So my point here is like, I get, we have to cater to Trevor Lawrence. He's the guy going forward, but it's not out of the realm of possibility and probably for the best if you make Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable every once in a while as well. Yeah, and by the way, I think a competitor welcomes that too. I think you Trevor should. Lawrence welcomes yes. that, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and the fit is important. But I just can't grasp, like, okay, going to go with defensive guy when you get this franchise quarterback that might be like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, generational talent. It just seems like you almost have to go offense. Are you are you compelled to go offense? And I, I, listen, we haven't talked about about Urban Meyer. It's been a quiet day on the Urban Meyer front. Haven't seen a lot of reports on Urban Meyer. Uh, I got. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got some information yesterday on off, uh, Urban Meyer uh, that I'm not even willing to share because I, I then double checked it and I couldn't even get anything. So like that's where we're at with the Urban Meyer stuff. You did, know, so, did Urban Meyer call you because he's watching the show? Yeah, so he, he didn't call, call you. He didn't call. Me, okay, but, okay, uh, but. You know, I think we're hearing all these things, and it's just like, how do you compute all of it? And you check on it, and nothing. It, and it's a very quiet day on the Urban Meyer front. Now, I think it was Jason Lockenfour who said it's really heating up uh, as of last night, and early yeah. next week they're going to interview him. Like even that is like, well, early next week they're going to interview him. Why are they waiting so long? This guy's available, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> well, and also it's Jason Lockenfour, so you know. Yeah, I know. I know. You know. I know. I, hey, it's just you know. But I will say this about Urban Meyer, because he's such a hot name in this. And then we'll get to the enemy and then Raheem Morris is scheduled for tomorrow, uh, reportedly, and then Robert Sala, which proves to me that they are not making a move. Because I think Sala is is a serious, serious candidate for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I believe I, I believe they all are, probably, but I believe Sala is really a, a serious candidate. And so if that's the case, then they're not making a decision on the coach until probably early next week at the earliest, yeah. in my estimation. Uh, and, and that, of course, even if they want Urban Meyer then does he want in? And that's the big question. But I would say this. If you go back and look, you talk about trying to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence, this guy that's so good already, and how do you make him great and and maximize those talents and what you have to work with. You talk about that clay, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this is a guy that's already molded pretty darn good, (laughs) and and you just have to take it to the next level. Well, doesn't Urban Meyer do that very well? I mean, you look at what he did with Alex Smith. You look at what he did with Tim Tebow and what he was able to get out of Tim Tebow. I think you could even make the case for Chris Leak and what he was able to do with Chris Leak. Uh, and then you start looking at all those quarterbacks, right, at, at Ohio State. I, I still think it's one of the most amazing things a coach has ever done in the history of the game, one with a national championship with his third-string quarterback, essentially. No, you know? yeah. Uh, so uh, if you talk about maximizing a player, especially at the quarterback position, hard-pressed to find a better guy to do it than Urban Meyer. Un- understandably, it was in college. And, well, and that's the big point, right? Like, yes, he has maximized the quarterback position in college. And we've seen a lot of guys that have that have had the most talent out of college come to the pro league and vanish and disappear. So I get what you're trying to say, but I'm the guy that's going to say, hey, let's pump our brakes just a little bit, right? Because the pro game and the college game are two completely different animals. Um, so the big question comes, can that translation from Urban Meyer having success in college with his quarterback, can he find a way to do the exact same thing and replicate that in the NFL? Yeah, and here I'll go one step further here, and I'm gonna 
I'm not going to be able to share a ton of evidence, but I want you to think about it. Not just you, but uh, people listening. And give some examples if you have some. You're always welcome to jump in, 904-362-9901. The number's right there on the screen on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Or you can also check us out on the social media channels um, uh, as well on, and, and just reply back and, and share your thoughts. But as I think about some of those Florida players, and I think about the Ohio State players that he coached that made it to the NFL. There have been some players that did nice things in the NFL. But I almost feel like they were so good in college, did they live up to the hype in the NFL? Okay. So did he get the best football out of them when he was coaching them, is mm. my point. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll bring up, uh, like, the Pouncey brothers have been very good NFL players, right? Absolutely. Fair enough? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. And... uh yeah, let's see. Who who else could we bring up? Uh, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stay away from Aaron Hernandez in this one, okay? Yeah. Um, but obviously, like Alex Brandon Smith, Spikes, Alex um, Smith played great football at, at times in his career in the NFL. Brandon Spikes, that's a good one, but he was a way better college player overall than he was yeah. a professional player. I mean, but, he? But he, yeah, but he had some pretty good runs uh, with Buffalo and New England, if I'm not mistaken. No, so. he did. He, yeah, he yeah. did. He, but, he no, was but, a good player. Yeah, but one could say he was kind of the leader of that defense back in college, so I get what you're saying. And Percy Harvin, see, it's an interesting one. Percy Harvin was unbelievable the year they beat Oklahoma in the national Like He was definitely unbelievable that year and, and other years, but that year was tremendous, mm-hmm. and he had moments in the NFL, and it was I think it was like these external circumstances from migraines to other things that kind of derailed, if you will, some of his NFL prowess and career long term. Um, so uh, listen, I'm not I, I'm not trying to suggest that if you don't get coached by Urban Meyer, you can't be a good player. Uh, I'm just trying to exacerbate the idea of this guy gets some darn good play out of the people he coaches. No, and, and I think yeah. it was proven at the college level. No, no, for sure. I mean, and, and uh, you know, I'm going to give that to you, that that's a great point. Um, but at the same time, I can pick a bunch of coaches that can fall in that category as well, right, where they may have maximized their potential um, in college and when they get to the pros, you know, their players are they're okay, but they're not like they're maximized in, you know, at the college game. So I get what you're saying. I just... It's a completely different ball game, though. You know? Yeah, and that's fair. Uh, and, and that's a big question, right? I mean, yeah. that's a big question. If Urban Meyer is a Jacksonville guy uh, for the head coaches, can he do it at the NFL level? I, I understand that. I, I just think – I do think he's a fantastic coach. Uh, all right, just a fantastic coach. You can take the motivation, the other stuff, the health, the everything else. I think this guy is a fantastic coach. And, by the way, he's a very good recruiter, too, at the college level. You don't need to do that as much, I get it, as the, at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. But my point being, this guy can really coach. Uh, and I think some people are noticed this guy can really recruit. Like, you know, John Calipari, I, I think he's a good coach, to be honest with you. But don't most people say he's a great recruiter? Like, that's his, his thing. Uh, yeah. They don't really give him credit for being a great coach. They give him credit for being a great recruiter. See, I don't think I do that with Urban Meyer. Meyer is a great recruiter, mm-hmm. but I think he's a damn good coach. So, I mean, you would say, like, he kind of, well, I don't know if it's really a fair comparison, but if you want to get into college basketball, like Brad Stevens. Like, Brad Stevens was an okay recruiter because, let's be honest, I mean, a couple of his guys went to the NBA, but he obviously got the most out of that team because it seems like for that run there, they're at least in the Sweet 16, the Final Four, a couple times every single year with Butler. I would say... Definitely. And look at yeah. him as he goes to the Celtics. It's proven that he is a very good coach. 
Correct. Uh, you know, Billy Donovan, I don't I don't know how people want to characterize his NBA career right now, but I think he's done a nice job mm-hmm. and he's had some staying power. I think because he's a really good coach. Like he wasn't getting uh, he got so, he got some really good players at Florida, but it wasn't like year after year McDonald's All-American, top recruiting classes, all that stuff uh at Florida. He developed those guys. He coached those guys, and I think that's why he people thought it would translate uh to the NFL. I think Urban is a little bit of both. He's a great recruiter, and I really do believe he's a very good coach. How in the world does Eric Bieniemy interview with everybody else, Austin, but not the Houston Texans, where everybody had him pegged to go? Does this mean the Houston Texans are not interested, or are they uh, holding out? I, I, listen, I, I have no idea what's transpiring with that. Um, I'm not sure if they're like trying to get a GM first, and the GM's going to call. Like, I guess who's well, they did. I mean, Casario's well, going to be the guy there. Okay, so they got that figured out. Then, I, listen, I have no idea, Brent. I'll be honest with you, man. Um, especially like in a situation like Deshaun Watson, where he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. You think it'd be a, a match made in heaven with the enemy. I'm not really sure what they're doing. I'm not sure if they have, a, have an ace in the hole where they have a plan already. But um, yeah, Houston, it's just not a good look right now. Yeah, and so what's if people are adding up the the tea leaves in Houston, right? You got the Easterby connection with the Patriots in that tree. Now you get Nick Casario, who was with Belichick, and they tried to get over the last couple years, didn't get him. Now they've got him as the GM. And then who's next? Brian Dable, who would be connected. So what's interesting, Austin, is Brian Dable hasn't been rumored to be interviewed or requested interviewed by the Jaguars, I don't think. I haven't seen that out there. Yeah. And that's a hot name. So the Jags have kind of stayed away from him. Um, Is I just I'm presuming that because I haven't seen it reported. That's the only way I I, I would know. Um, but uh, Eric Bieniemy reportedly did interview with the Jaguars today. And remember yesterday when I said they previously had uh, last year Bieniemy didn't interview with all the teams interested. He just picked like the first four. Yeah. Well, that's not the case this time. He's interviewed now with five different teams. So he didn't limit them. Covered he just all the bases. He just wasn't asked to interview yeah. uh, with the Texans. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jags get the interview process going on the head coaches. Eric Bieniemy today. Reportedly Raheem Morris from Atlanta tomorrow. And Saturday Robert Sala. And where does Urban Meyer fit in all of that? And maybe others we will continue to see. And we'll talk more about it. we got to take a break. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Oh. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. To all the young kids out there that's not the biggest, not the strongest, just keep pushing. Because I'm not the biggest. I've been doubted a lot just because of my size. And really, it just comes down to you put your mind to it, you can do it. No job is too big. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. And just keep believing in God, and you'll get where you want to be. That, of course, is Devontae Smith, Alabama wide receiver. Wins the Heisman Trophy last night. By the way, quick shout-out just from a TV geek right here. I thought ESPN did a nice job. Uh, That's tough. That's tough. That ceremony means a lot when everybody's around. Yeah. You know, and all the past winners and just the kind of the, the, the feeling inside 
the building, I, I think it really means a lot, uh, and they didn't have that. And so uh, I thought they did a really nice job. It, it's a tough task for whoever put that together. Um, a little TV geek in me there. But I, I thought, by the way, the other thing that was interesting is I've never really heard Devontae Smith talk that much. <laughs> like So like we don't sit there and listen to news conferences from Alabama. He was tremendous, you know, just uh, what a like mild, quiet, uh, but, you know, well-spoken, perfect message, not too long, uh, really didn't even get too emotional, I, I think, during that time. And maybe some of that was because his parents weren't there and everybody wasn't there to kind of give him a hug. Yeah. But um, I thought he did a great job. I It was really an interesting deal. This is not a knock on anybody else in the past, okay, because... I just viewed this one a little bit differently, maybe because of the way they presented it. But you were talking about four young men there that, I mean, they looked like some really good young men. You talk about role models, like in the Heisman finalists, uh, you know, whether you, you like football or not. But if you have kids, I mean, the stories of those four guys, all different, all fantastic. And uh, they just seem like... They're built well, man. I mean, uh, they they seem like four really good young men. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that was my takeaway. You know, I know they're good football players, but they're a lot of good football players. And and and, the, and by the way, there are a lot of sometimes that doesn't come across, and you can still be a great guy. Uh, and and but I just took that away. I mean, heck, even look at Devontae Smith. He's like, yeah, I went to sleep right after. I went home and went to sleep. But it's all about. The, I mean, that's that's <laughs> all they're the trained to thing. do oh, at yeah. Alabama, right? I mean, it's play like hey, we got play, Monday bro. night. Play Monday next night. play. Yeah. So uh, good. Listen, Kyle Trask. If he had won it, I think he would have earned it. Mac Jones, I believe, and I know some people don't, if he had won it, he would have earned it. Mm. Trevor Lawrence, I actually believe in 2020, I'm not sure he would have earned it as much, but if you look back on actually his numbers and his play, it would be tough to argue. Uh, his numbers and play were better than maybe I was even led to think about all year because he missed two games because of COVID, and Trask and, and Mac Jones are putting up these crazy numbers. Alabama's beating people by 30. Trask's throwing for 40 touchdowns. And so it's like, well, Trevor Lawrence isn't doing that. We're not hearing about Trevor Lawrence throw for five touchdowns in a game and 500 yards. Well, then he played unbelievable in the ACC championship. And do I think some of the votes were a little bit of a career award? Absolutely, I do. But even him, he would have been deserving in almost any year to have won the Heisman Trophy. But Devontae Smith was the most deserving. Uh, he had earned it. He, he was the best player in college football this year for my money. Without a doubt. And, like, if anything happened last night, like, it got to show you a little bit of who he was, right? Because let's be honest, this guy came out of nowhere like a lot of Heisman Trophy winners have seemed to do recently. But he wasn't the quarterback position. So, yes, he got the attention. But we're still talking about Mac Jones. We're talking about Kyle Trask. You know, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. And Devontae Smith didn't really get a shine that much. So it was cool to see him showcased as the best college football player in the country. Did you see the thing that his teacher put out? Or, I'm sorry, his professor put out at uh, uh, at Alabama, what happened? I didn't. So, um, supposedly what had happened, I'm not sure if this was this year or last year, but Devontae Smith, and I'm not even sure of the class, but he was in a class, and after the class, he spoke with the professor a little bit, and they just had a, you know, just a genuine conversation. Well, um, his professor uh, said that it was always her dream to go watch a game on the field, you know? A couple weeks later, Devontae Smith actually made that happen, and he wrote her a, a handwritten letter saying, thank you for everything that you've done for me. You make you know coming to your class very fun and exciting. You're a great teacher. 
I hope you enjoy the sideline experience. And he never obviously said anything about that, but she shared that story. She put it on Twitter and shared the picture of the note that he wrote her. And I thought it was just, I mean, it, it speaks volumes what type of guy that is, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest. If you're a football player at Alabama, your studies, you know, I mean, some guys might take it seriously, but you're there to play football. Right. And it's really cool for the fact that he actually, you know, took the opportunity with his scholarship um, to further on his education and thank his teachers that stood out to him. So that's yeah, pretty cool. That's very cool stuff. I mean, yeah. again, I, I think this guy was tremendous. Uh, Glenn from Florida just uh, asked us on, on, on Twitter Periscope and, and said, uh, you know, would he have won the award if Waddle was still, was there all year? And it's a great question. I, I think the answer to that would be no, Austin, because they probably would have split a lot of the numbers. Oh, without a doubt, right? hands down. Yep, correct. And so, I mean, Waddle's tremendously talented, and a lot of people believe going into the year more talented than Smith. So I, I think he would have. they would have shared the numbers at the very least. But to me, that's why he should have won the national title. Not because he got so many more numbers, but because the attention of defenses didn't have to deal with Waddle and Smith. And so the attention went to Smith, and every time you looked up, number six was catching a pass over the middle, deep, behind the defense, you know, a little bubble screen and taking it 15 yards, whatever it might be. And sure, Alabama's got some other weapons, no doubt about it. But number six was the best weapon. And even once they lost, the guy on the other side that could split the attention for defenses and all the attention went to him or a lot of it, he still delivered. To me, that was the most impressive part of his 2020 season. Without a doubt. I mean... How it's going to translate at the next level, let's be honest. Whoever takes uh, Devontae Smith, I mean, is going to be getting a dynamic playmaker. And we've seen wide receivers recently come in the NFL right away and have instant success. And there is no reason to believe, especially like his kind of style, right? He's not a, I mean, to me, I look at Devontae Smith, like he's not a 6'6 Calvin Johnson type, right? Like he's not the go up and go get it type, but he's a guy kind of like Tyreek Hill, where if you get this dude in space and you give him a couple yards, he could take it to the house any single time. So I'm excited to watch him at the next level. And he's a slight guy, you know. He yeah. came in 160 pounds. He's 175. But I think guys like Hunter Renfro are, are you know, you remember when we saw him at the Senior Bowl? He's he's held up. I, I, he did get hit that one time during the year. That's a nasty collision. But yeah. uh, but I, I, from a body standpoint, that was more of a hit to the head. Uh, from a body standpoint, he's held up. So, you know, the, I don't know if 10 years ago a guy that's 175 pounds and as slight as Devontae Smith is going to really make it well, in the NFL, but now I think you can. Oh, there's definitely a need for those. I, mean, I remember Andy Isabella a couple of years ago at the Senior Bowl we were talking to, and he's having an, an okay career so far. He's had some injuries. But that's the thing about it, Brent, right? Like, listen, when you watch Calvin Johnson play in college, one would probably think, okay, this guy's going to be special. And you saw him at the Combine, enough said. You saw Julio Jones play, you knew he was going to be special. A.J. Green, the same thing, and obviously Randy Moss, even from a small school at Marshall. Like you kind of figured with his stats and everything, he was going to be special. You have a guy like Devontae Smith, let's be honest. There's a lot of guys who weigh 170 pounds that can, that can run, right, that are agile. It's, it's just crazy to me like what it takes to go into the scouting process to look at a guy and be like, okay, this is the guy that we need in the slaughter. This is the guy that we need, you know, um, running the underneath routes because he has it. Like, to me, it's hard to, to distinguish between one fast twitchy guy who's kind of undersized and another fast twitchy guy who's undersized. The uh, Clint just said on our uh, one of the message boards here for, for Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, he said, Sean Wade against Devontae Smith in the national championship game. You know, Sean Wade has not played great football this year overall. He was a top 10 projection pick earlier in the year, before the season started. 
And I gotta believe he's sliding down mock draft boards. But this would be one heck of a moment, Austin. Yeah. To pull out your best game. Because if you can slow down, slow down, not necessarily shut down the Heisman Trophy winner, Sean Wade's stock is going to go way up. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's going to be a huge game for him. So we'll see what happens uh, with uh, that matchup in the national championship game. Hey, I've got a question for you when you come back. The Jags have a ton of money. And while there's a long way away from building this roster and free agency and, and obviously all the draft, we're into the offseason. So uh, just a more of a general question right now of would you spend it immediately or do you wait until you think you might be better in 22? How much of the dollars do you spend? Mm-hmm. Where's your mindset if you're Shad Khan and then this regime coming in who's interviewing for jobs, GM and head coach, and says, hey, I think we should spend $60 million of this right now. We'll save a little bit for later, too, but let's go get better right away. Let's go get three or four guys, get better right away. What would be your approach? Let's talk about it next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back on a Wednesday. Trevor Lawrence declares for the NFL draft. The Jaguars looking for a new head coach, a new general manager. They've got a bevy of draft picks. They've got a bunch of money to spend in free agency. And in a moment, we're going to talk about that. Just from a general standpoint, how much money would you spend if you're in charge of the Jags roster coming up in free agency? Not who you're going to get, but would you spend it all? Would you spend a little? Would you save it for down the road? Uh, we'll get into that in just a couple of moments here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. But speaking of money, how about the Money Minute right now with our friend Mike Lester with Talent Wealth Management. Happy New Year, Mike. Hey, Happy New Year. How's everything going? Uh, we're doing great. Hey, we got Trevor Lawrence fever <laughs> around here, so uh, we're doing fantastic. <laughs> uh, Jaguars have, have that number one pick, and Trevor Lawrence might be the guy at the quarterback spot, so maybe there's some wins down the road for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, how about winning in the first quarter, uh, and maybe for somebody heading to retirement? Uh, which yeah. How are you looking at 2021 as we start? Obviously, uh, uh, we're seeing some wild scenes out of Washington today, and there's going to be a transition of power yep. later this month. Uh, right, yep. But I think the Dow Jones is finishing up in record fashion again today on a Wednesday. It is. Uh, so I'll tell you, I started off my morning uh, yesterday very early, sent out a, uh, uh, you know, everybody's doing Zoom these days. Um, but shout out a quick video to everybody just to say, hey, listen, uh, you know, this Georgia election's going on. I know there's a lot of people talking. Um, but listen, just don't worry too much about it. Markets are going to look ahead to um, economies, not politics. And, um, you know, it, it, whether you're a fan or you're not a fan of what's going on out there right now, what I'm super focused on is what are markets likely to do here in the first quarter? What are markets likely to do in the second quarter? Um, if it becomes a problem, we'll let clients know. But, yeah, um, it looks like, uh, you know, Georgia didn't go the Republicans' way, but uh, markets are up 437 uh, today. And uh, so it, it, it obviously, not that it helped, but it certainly didn't hurt. And uh, things are looking, uh, looking pretty good. And the reason they're looking good is people are going to be getting stimulus checks and they're going to go out and they're going to spend that money. And they're going to be outspending money because eventually these vaccines will be around. So we're going to keep a close look at that. But uh, all I could say is, um, you know, take a close look at your portfolio and make sure you're positioned for it. Mike, we appreciate the time on the Money Minute. Always helpful advice. Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management, 904-515-5000. Visit guardingyournestegg.com for expert advice from Mike Lester. Have a great night.
You too. That's Mike Lester from Talon Wealth Management, and a good time to take a look at your portfolio. By the way, you can listen to Guarding Your Nest Egg on Saturdays and Sunday mornings right here on ESPN 690 with Mike Lester. Everybody keeping an eye on that Dow Jones, the market, where it's headed. And, uh, of course, if you're closer and closer to retirement, make sure uh, to give Mike Lester a call at Talon Wealth Management, 904-515-5000, or visit guardingyournestegg.com. I want to stay talking money right now, Austin Lane, because the Jags have a ton of it in free agency yes where would your mindset be and again i've already done this a little bit and i don't want to uh we we can do this as we go along like who would you get and and i've said leonard williams would be a great find justin simmons i think i might invest in him maybe it's even one more player in 2021 but i don't want to go specifics in that sense i'm more looking at if they have between 80 and 100 million dollars to spend Mm. which which is what reportedly they'll have how much of that should they uh, spend in 2021? Should they stock some of that away for 2022 when they might be closer to winning bigger? It's a great question. Okay. Um, if we're looking at rebuilding this whole thing right now, we got to look at where are the biggest holes, right? This is a ship right now. There's some holes. You're taking on water. What do you cover up first to try to save as many people as possible? To me, the glaring hole right now is the three technique. Now, obviously, with the first pick of the draft, you're going Trevor Lawrence, hands down, or Justin Fields. But it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I'm not, I'm not going to put <laughs> Justin Fields. You know what? I'm making a stand right now. I understand that the draft is a long ways away. I understand a lot of things can happen, Brent. But I'm not going to put Justin Fields even in the universe. I'm not going to speak it in the universe. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So you get Trevor Lawrence at number one. There you go. You can maybe get a three technique, you know, later towards the first round, but you got to ask yourself the question. If you draft that guy in that position, would he come right in right away and make a difference? And the answer is maybe, but maybe not. I want the sure thing. Leonard Williams, to me, is the sure thing. And that's a glaring hole right now, regardless of what the defense is going to look like going forward. So I'm going Leonard Williams for sure, no questions asked, or some other three technique, and that's a no-brainer. The other position you can talk about a little bit is the tight end position because, once again, history shows us that when you draft the tight end, doesn't matter if it's a top ten, the first round, second round, third round, usually it takes a little time for them to develop. Well, when you have a rookie quarterback, um, one of the things you can do to help them to build their confidence is have a fail-safe, and one of those fail-safes can be the tight end, right? It's the tight end, and it's the pass re- it's the pass-catching running back. Those two things can bail a quarterback out of a lot of trouble. Right now on the roster, you see the tight ends, nothing to really shake a stick at. Um, I see guys like Hunter Henry possibly available unless they franchise tag him for like the 20th year in a row. He's kind of like the great white buffalo, if you will. I, I see guys like... Um, you know, like maybe like a Vance McDonald, but I'm not sold on him. But obviously, John U. Smith could be that guy as well. Because right now in Tennessee, like John U. Smith, in my opinion, is a decent tight end, right? And he's still got some years ahead of him. But they have so many weapons in Tennessee, and they have Fisker as well. I'm not sure if they need John U. Smith anymore. I'm not sure if they resign him. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. Sure, you can still draft the Kyle Pitts possibly, or you know, a, a, a tight end in the draft. But you got to get the sure thing. And I think John U. Smith is probably the closest thing to a sure thing that you're going to have this year in free agency. The other position that we talk about, Brent, if you want to get sexy with it, you go with the wide receiver, right? And Chris Godwin right now, um, I believe, is going to be a free agent. We'll see if they tag him. We'll see what the plan is. But Chris Godwin's a guy to me out of the slot, right? The slot's a very uh, a high commodity position right now. In my opinion, Chris Godwin, one of the best slot guys out there. 
you put him out there with DJ Chark uh, and maybe like a Colin Johnson and a Chenault, you might have a uh, you know you might have some crazy stuff going on there. So I like guys like um, Chris Godwin or another free agent receiver, maybe a Smith Schuster, but I like Godwin a little better. So really, uh, to sum up, you don't mind spending a little cash? No, you know what? I'm gonna spend the cash. You know why? Because Trevor Lawrence is the most important part of my franchise, and I want to give the most important part of my franchise all the weapons that he can handle and all the confidence that he can handle. Keep in mind, there's a couple moderate deals, maybe a Dewan Smoot or Keelan Cole. Um, Cam Robinson could be a, a big chunk of money or a good chunk of money. Andrew Norwell, you could create some space, although I think they'd be foolish to do so. I think he's coming off a really nice year mm. uh, and played at a good level, so I wouldn't do that. Uh, the I would spend some, too, because I think I can get that defense better. I look at it like this, Austin. Uh, Malik Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson. I think I can find something similar to those guys that help me get better at every level that might not make me great in 21, but they'll be a part of it for 21, 22, 23, and maybe even 24. And that's Leonard Williams and a Justin Simmons. And then I get good at, I have a stud guy at least. And then if you add him up with Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on with Leonard Williams in the middle, I've got miles Jack. You already spent some money on Schobert. debatable how good he is. And then you've got a young player in CJ Henderson, and a proven player in Justin Simmons in the back end. So I think I make two moves in free agency and I feel so much better about my defensive parts. Listen, all I'm going to say is if I'm, if I'm shot con right now and then that very first day that the head coach comes in, whether it's urban Meyer, um, you know, whether it's somebody else, when they come, in and it's their first day in the office and I'm Shad Khan, I'm walking in with just wads and wads of hundreds. <laughs> and, and all I'm going to say is, and I'm going to have like a background montage music play in the background. I'm like, hey, what should we spend today? Right? It's going to be a shopping spree. Whatever you want, you got it. That's the type of attitude that I would have um, if I'm Shad Khan right now. Does Shad Khan even have dollar bills like it is in his wallet? Aren't they all at least hundreds, most likely? I mean, I uh, hope so. I don't know. Maybe he's a Bitcoin guy that doesn't really sell in terms of a movie. <laughs> like, you're going to flash around Bitcoins, like cryptocurrency you're going to be throwing around doesn't really have the same appeal as $100 bills. Hey, hey, I know we have Lance uh, hanging on the line. Lance, either hang on the line or uh, Kuz will get your question. Um, but we got to take a commercial break before the top of the hour, and we'll answer the question. Uh, or even if you want to hang on the line till, uh, for a few minutes. Uh, we'll got to keep those lights o'clock. on, Lance. That's we apologize. Right. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Should be coming up in just a few moments as well. He's not all lovey-dovey all over Trevor Lawrence yet. Austin, we got a job to do. Oh, yeah. we got to convince Mojo. Good cop, bad cop. Let's go. (laughs) It's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.